I know it as an assignment of contracts. And I was like, wait, so you're telling me I don't have to own the property. I don't uh, have to put my own money. I don't have to use my own credit to buy these properties and I can make, you know, $10,000. I'm in. <laughs> right, 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 right. You're listening to the We Love Equity Real Estate Show, a podcast that discusses the intricacies of real estate investing with your host, Marcus E. Maloney. Marcus is a real estate investor best known for being the equity king. He's been awarded that moniker because he and his team find amazing real estate deals. He will be talking with investors who have done some transformational things in the real estate industry. They'll discuss their process, their strategies, and how their investments transform their lives and the communities they invest in. We welcome you to the We Love Equity Real Estate Show. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the We Love Equity Real Estate Show. And on today, we have Ron Rana uh, from Houston, Texas. You know, everything is bigger and down in Texas. So he's doing big things. I wanted to bring him on the show. He is a wholesaler um, from Houston. He started Investopedia. You know, he's doing plenty of things. He was just um, in Yahoo Finance. So uh, Ron, man, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for being here with us. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Ron Rana out of Houston, Texas. Marcus, thank you so much for having me on your show. I am truly humbled. And uh, like I said, thank you so much uh, for the honor of being on your show. I wish I created Investopedia. That's a different company, different website. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Investopia Online. Yeah, gotcha. that's my company. It sounds like Investopedia, but that's a that's a multi-billion dollar. I think they're multi-billion dollar corporation down there. So yeah, they wouldn't like you claiming it. <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, okay, wow. All right. Ron is really doing some things here. Oh, yeah. There you go. This guy looks too young to be Investopedia. <laughs> hmm. Let me. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Uh, it's an honor. You know, I guess the tables have turned because I run the Real Estate Anarchy podcast. I, I'm the interviewer normally, but uh, I always love being interviewed on podcasts. I get featured on many podcasts. Um, and yours is one that I have been looking forward to because I have heard a lot of good things about it. So thank you for having me. All right. All right. Thank you, man. Thank you for all of the high praise. I really appreciate it. I am humbled, man. So Let's dig right in. Let's get started, man. Give us a little bit of your entrepreneur, entrepreneurial background. I know you was a car salesman and everything like that. Give us the backstory for those who don't know. Yeah, I used to be a slime ball. Then I woke up and like, you know, car guys are all slime balls, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the stigma that a lot of the guys have in the in the car industry. So yep. absolutely, right? Uh, Ron Rana, born and raised out of Houston, Texas. I was raised by a single mother of four, okay? Uh, through real estate, I was able to, you know, retire my mother, uh, basically, you know, live the life that I always wanted to live. My background um, is I come from the automobile industry um, and I spent 11 years in the car business. So a lot of my hustle and bustle comes from the auto industry. You know, I've been wholesaling now for a little over three and a half years, right? When you look back at it, it doesn't look like a long time, but it looks like I've been in the industry for over 30 years. I've collaborated with some of the biggest names in the industry. Um, you know, I'm blessed enough to be known as a big name in the industry. And we're just out there putting food on the plate. Um, first and foremost, 
I'm a, I'm a father, right? Um, I'm a husband uh, and I'm a son before anything um, at the end of the day, right? We've got two uh, beautiful boys. We've got one on the way that we just found out about. So oh, we're excited. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. We're excited about that one. Um, uh, so yeah, we're, you know, I, I honestly come from very humble beginnings. I grew up in the hood. I wasn't um, born with a silver spoon in my mouth. I wanted to go out there and just make a difference for my family. I, I didn't expect coming into this industry that where I would, you know, I, I'd come in and I'd do this, this, and this, and this, um, because now it's a whole different story. I own a call center in the Philippines. Uh, I have a very successful seven-figure wholesaling company um, out here in Houston. We're in multiple markets. Um, I run two successful networking events out here in Houston. Um, and we, we have so much stuff going on, the podcast. We now launched our educational platform, which I'm sure you're going to talk about a little bit um, um, yep. towards the you know, in the podcast. So, but, but yeah, we're excited about it. Like I said, it's, it's been, you know, a little over three years and I wanted to come in and just put food on the plate, you know, but then I, I looked at this as an opportunity for myself uh, and for, you know, my family just growing in this industry and be able to provide back to the community. Because when I got into this industry, you know, the stigma is the gurus and the mentors and the, hey, spend $60,000 with me and you don't get my phone number, you get my assistant's phone number. So right. I'm very anti, I'm very, very anti-guru. Um, so when it comes down to it, I'm all about delivering results. Um, but yeah, we've done, uh, I'll go into what my company is, Investopia Online. We wholesale everything from, from single family homes, apartment complexes, uh, mobile, uh, land. Well, wait, we wait, 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 wait. Slow down, Ron, because I know you got a lot on your plate, man. You, you're giving us a lot, man. We do, us, we do so much. Right, right. And and that's one of the things that I was listening to uh, before and prepping for the show, man, because I've been following you and I'm seeing that you're, you know, wholesaling um, multifamily units and all of that kind of stuff. Give us that, that humble beginning, man, that first deal. How did that transpire? How did you transition from the car industry over to real estate so the first deal is always it's kind of like your first girlfriend you never forget her right yeah yeah <laughs> you right. never forget her right no matter how many you have after that it's like man i remember that one because that first relationship teaches you how to build all the other relationships and that foundation so the first deal when i first got started i was i still remember to this day i was sitting at my desk at the dealership and I was just searching the MLS, searching the multiple listing service for deals because I thought, you know, um, after talking to a few people in, you know, in in my market, I thought that the deals were on the um, MLS. And then watching YouTube videos and where do you go to buy real estate, right? I mean, yep, yep. it doesn't take it, it's not it's not rocket science. You go to the MLS to buy mm -hmm. real estate. So. I thought that's how you actually do this business is that, okay, I'm going to shoot offers. Let's, let's do a shot in the dark and let's see how it sticks. So my first deal was off the MLS. Okay. And I started calling realtors um, because I knew if I wanted an insight in this industry, I got to talk to the people who are cooking in this business, right? right. If I want a job in the, in the donut, if I want a job in a restaurant, I got to become a chef first. Right. If I want to, uh, if I want to do this business, I got to talk to the people who are daily in this business. And I don't know at this point, I don't know anything about real estate. Like, Hey, 
uh, I started calling up realtors and say, I'm a local investor uh, in the Houston market. I'm looking to buy properties. Send me what you have, right? That's all I, I was doing at the end of the day, okay? Uh, the first deal, when I went to it, I remember it was an absolute disaster. Um, it was crazy. So I go there. I've got a little property information sheet, uh, which I downloaded off of, you know, Google, yep, uh, yep. You know, roof check, <laughs> AC. I look like the, you know, the, the home like inspector, the, huh? The home inspector, right? <laughs> so, uh, and I look pretty professional. I, I have no idea what I'm doing, uh, but it looked like I knew what I was doing. I had the check marks, check, 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 check. And the, and the guy, the realtor was actually pretty impressed by what I was doing. And he's like, hey, how long have you been doing this? Oh, sometime now. It was my first. <laughs> I didn't want to be like, hey, this is literally my first hour doing this. Right, right. <laughs> so he's like, I like that. Okay, cool, cool. Keep going, keep going, do what you do. I'm like getting the house was smaller, the, the first house that I went to. So I was able to get on top of the roof. I'm literally on top of the roof, and I don't know what I'm looking at, but I'm <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm laughing, Ron, because one of my first independent deals, that's what I did, man. I climbed up on the seller's van and got on a roof and I'm walking around the roof and I'm like, what are you looking for? You know, <laughs> I don't know, but I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm doing what I'm doing. Right. So yep. it's so funny on that. Now that deal was, um, it was a flooded house. So I, I knew kind of the basics, the mold, and ask about the mold, ask about the flooding. I made it more about the flooding than I did about the house, which made me sound like more of a professional, right? Yep. So, because uh, I didn't know what to ask about the house at the end of the day. Okay, roof good, AC, uh, how's the foundation? Uh, you know, now it's a whole different story. We can go in and dissect. We can, I can literally almost smell a house probably a block away if it's got mold in it. It's, it's, we've been through so many houses like that now, right? Yep. But back then it wasn't like that. Long story short, Marcus, that deal did not work out. Okay, uh, that deal didn't work out. It's so why? So why? How, how why? Let's... That deal did not work out. The realtor calls me and says, "Hey, I've got another deal you might want to take a look at," and I'm like, "Okay, yeah, all right, cool." Like, so, 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 hold on, Ron. Why didn't? For one, let me let me say this because wholesalers getting started, they always think that it's wholesalers versus realtors. And I always tell people, you have to work with your realtors, though. They are, you know, an integral part of this business. You can work with them, even if it's disposition. You know, they'll help move your deals. They'll help bring you deals if they know that you're actively doing things. So, guys, you hear from Ryan, you hear from me. Realtors are definitely your friend. There are some that that shun, you know, wholesalers because they believe that, you know, you're taking food off of their plate. But if it's a realtor that have an abundance mindset, they know, hey, this is an opportunity for them to work with you. So that's that with the realtor. So now why didn't that deal go through? What happened, Ron? I offered too low. <laughs> okay. <laughs> gotcha. That's why it didn't work out. Um, I had no idea, you know. I learned on YouTube University, right? Say, hey, 70% minus ARV, minus repair, minus assignment fee. I'm like, would you take 35 grand for the house? He looks at me like, what? No, uh -huh. man. It's a it's like a $230,000 house and you offer me 30 grand. Yeah, it's flooded. We got the rehab. I said, okay, well, no problem. If you have anything else, just, just let me know. But going back to what you're saying, this is a people, I'm sorry, this is a people business, not a real estate business. You need to create a relationship 
with people in order to be yep. successful. That's what I have done. And that's what's made me uber successful uh, doing this is I built relationships with people, you know, with realtors, uh, with contractors, with uh, home inspectors, right? Hell, I built relationships with my mailman, right? I, I used to go around driving for dollars. Anytime I saw a mailman, hey, if I, you know, if you see any properties with the tall grass, you know, the, the whole nine yards, right? Tall yep. grass, harp on the roof the mailbox full i'll give you a thousand dollars for each property that we close on a thousand dollars to mailmen are pretty pretty big amount of money i mean the yeah. government's not paying you know them a diddly squat anyway so they're like yeah so i've done many deals with for with with mailmen uh postal you know post office individuals so it's about building relationships with people to create a win-win-win situation till this day we work with realtors now Pocket listings, the whole laws about pocket listings, it has changed. That went into, a, I think that went into effect about a year ago or so. But again, we we do a lot of deals with realtors. I won't say we don't do any pocket listings would be untrue. We do a lot of, mm -hmm. we still do a lot of pocket listing deals because realtors know and trust us. Uh, and we put more money than 3% in their pocket. Yep, they still yep. make more money. And, and, and the realtor's like, hey, I'm happy with the deal, right? And then when we wholesale it, we have sometimes in our contract that the, that realtor gets to list the property for the for the uh, buyer and the mm -hmm. buyer's okay with that because now they have a vetted realtor. Um, they don't have to go out and look for a realtor and stuff like that. So there's so many ways to skin the cat. But, but yeah, going back to that story, the first house didn't work out. He calls me on the second property and my first deal, we were able to do it and I only made $5,000 on that deal. And I only needed $5,000 to show me that this works. Yep. I was sold and I was hooked. Sweet, sweet. So guys, don't always look for that massive home run on your first deal. If you make some money, it's proof of concept. It lets you know that this absolutely works. So Ron, tell me about a difficult situation that you faced when you was getting started to where you say, you know what? I don't know if this is for me. You know, I think the difficult situation came when I started looking for guidance and mentorship because everybody wants to charge you the, the, the 40, 50, $60,000 um, to mentor you, right? When I got first started in this business, I didn't have, I didn't come in with a lot of money. I didn't have a lot of money. You know, um, I was still, you know, the credit was there, but I didn't utilize my credit or anything like that because here's the deal. Like if I was going to do this, I wanted to, I wanted to first see if it worked or not before I can do anything else. Um, as far as like, you know, pulling HELOCs or, or credits right. or, or anything like that. Like, you know, and I didn't have the, I didn't even have, I didn't have $15,000 even to, to, to spend for a mentor, but I knew I had the hustle and the grind. The biggest thing was finding the right person, uh, who was doing the business, right. And, and doing it in, in my market. I wanted to find somebody local because there were so many people, um, out there. And of course I bought programs. I, I did buy programs. I'm not going to sit here mm -hmm. and say I didn't. Um, the first time ever that I even heard about wholesaling, um, it used to be called assignment of contracts and that was by Carlton sheets. Okay. Yeah. That was a while know. ago. It was a while <laughs> ago. Yeah. So when I was 16, 17, 
probably 18 years old, uh, no, about probably about 16 or 17. Um, I remember getting some video cassettes uh, of Carlton Sheets. He's the he's the true OG of late night infomercial. Yeah. Yep. He's now passed away, so rest in peace to him. But he was the first person to actually talk about uh, assignment of contracts, who I heard about from. And now wholesaling is the cool kid on the block, right? But I know it as an assignment of contracts. And I was like, wait, so you're telling me I don't have to own the property. I don't uh, have to put my own money. I don't have to use my own credit to buy these properties and I can make, you know, $10,000. I'm in. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> so why did you, why did you decide wholesaling versus since you had the credit, why didn't you, you know, go and try and buy a house and be a landlord? Why, why go down the wholesale route? You know, I spoke to a lot of investors, a lot of investors that were doing that. Um, now, my bug was the, the biggest the biggest bug I had was networking. I knew I had to network with so many people in order to for me to get anywhere. So for for literally for I'm telling you, for two years straight, every single day, almost, um, you know, I would be either meeting with investors or I'd be at a networking event in Houston before COVID-19 hit. We would probably have maybe three networking events a week. So I was at almost every single networking event. Right. Um, and I was serious about building my business. So my wife and I, we would go to networking events together every single day, trying to learn the business, sit in classrooms, right. Um, by the, by the $800 uh, a weekend seminars, sit mm -hmm. in that, uh, and then come to find out they were upselling a, a yeah. $6,000 mentorship. Right. Um, and of course, if you don't got it, you don't got it. I mean, I wasn't stupid when I got into this business. I was in the car business for a very long time. So I knew not to tap into my into my credit line uh, just right. yet in order to to do that. So I wanted to do it, you know, cash is king. And I wanted to get started that way. I was never, you know, I was, I didn't want to, if I screw this up, I didn't want my credit to be screwed up because I've seen a lot of 300 beacons walk into the dealership. So. Uh -huh. I, I <laughs> and they looking for the Mercedes, but can't even afford the uh, Honda accent, huh? <laughs> Absolutely. We used to call it, they got a champagne taste on a beer budget. Yep. Yep. That's it. That's <laughs> it. So you and your wife, you guys were going out doing a ton of networking and everything like that. So you got this first deal. You made the $5,000. After that, what happened? What happened? Ron? So, so that 5000 I had to split with a local mentor, by the way. So I only got $2,500 out of that deal. Okay. Okay. So uh, Cha-ching, you made some money. I made some money, but it was enough to solidify this actually works, yeah. right? So, um, and that was, that was my biggest thing. I'm sorry. What was your question again? I said, what was next? After you close that first transaction, you know, okay, this works. I have 2,500 bucks in my pocket that verified that this works. What did you do next? Uh, I went and I went to go find my next deal because I had before that first deal, I had already quit cold turkey. I don't recommend people doing it, but I was the one who actually quit cold turkey no deals under my belt. Okay. But I had to take that risk because I was uber desperate to get out of the auto industry. Marcus, I was spending 14 hours a day, uh, in the car business for many years. I started out in sales. I went to the sales desk, right? I was sold one of the biggest lies, uh, that you can be sold on was, which, which was you move up the corporate ladder and things get easier. Life right. did not get easier. Right. I thought making a hundred grand a year was phenomenal money. But when you start making that a month, especially in real estate, it's a whole different ballpark. 
right? Yeah. Um, I walked away from 401k. I walked away from insurance, uh, family health insurance. I walked mm -hmm. away from basically the security blanket. I had quit cold turkey. I had no choice but to find my next deal. That was it. That okay. that literally was it. So you had that desperation, and that's what that's what a lot of people they don't get to, you know, because they say, okay, well, I got to have this backup plan. I got to have something to fall back on. But when you don't have anything to fall back on, you just have to make it work. And it, that's what it sounds like that you did was you made it work. So that second deal, what did it look like? I don't even remember my second deal. I told you, I remember <laughs> my first, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't remember my second deal. Yep. I, I'll be honest with you. I remember my first deal. Um, it, again, it's going, it's just like your first girlfriend. You, you remember the first one, the right. rest of them are just like, Hey, whatever. Right. So uh, now I can tell you, um, the feeling when I closed my $2.6 million apartment deal, I do remember that the first okay. time I did it, the first you know, time I did a multifamily deal. We're going to, we're going to definitely dig into that because a lot of people think that wholesaling is just for single families, but that's absolutely not the case. You know, there's big money in the multifamily, uh, flipping as well. So what are you doing, Ron, um, as far as some of your marketing strategies? What are you doing to find deals, to secure deals? And then we're going to talk about like your team. Okay, cool. I, I have always been a fan of keeping it lean. Right. I have made the mistakes of spending, you know, the um, forty thousand dollars a month in marketing and seeing what sticks and, and tracking my KPIs because I'm very analytical. If you didn't notice, I, I'm I'm brown. I'm Pakistani. We got IT background. So yep, we track yep. IT. We track everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know this just from our start. So <laughs> I'm just saying, like, uh, I was I was trained from such an early age to to count your like like you know count your rice like hey, how much food do i got like you know mm -hmm. i wasn't i wasn't raised with a silver spoon I, i've always uh you know i've always been kind of like keeping it lean especially in the auto industry you know when you're living paycheck to paycheck that really humbles you to be like hey can i really go out and buy a plane now can i really go out and and do this or you can't do any of that right you can't just wake up and be like let's go to the bahamas because we feel like it right, right. Uh, right. you just can't so my mind was already conditioned to kind of be lean um, as far as as far as doing that. So, you know, I think I think some of the some of the biggest things is, you know, when, when I was marketing, I was definitely cold calling. So cold calling was number one. Like I knew that cold calling works um, and I wanted to get in front of people. Um, and I was always big on bandit signs. So okay. we were running for about a year straight. We were running 10,000 bandit signs a month, 10,000. It came out to 300 a night. And believe me, the city lit up my phone like a Christmas tree. They, wow. they knew, you know, uh, but we always send them a Christmas card. So we're all right. So, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> so I, I did a lot of bandit signs um, and I did a lot of cold calling. I did dabble into direct mail. But honestly, I noticed with direct mail, it didn't really give me the ROI that I wanted. And it wasn't really direct to settle almost immediately, right? And then came around text messaging, which I love now, texting, yep. um, and then RVM, right? There, there are legal boundaries, uh, legal guidelines for a ringless voicemail. Um, so we've tested that out. But, uh, but yeah, getting you know, getting to that, those different levels, um, it is, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna get to that next level. It's gonna come, it's gonna come, right? So now we're doing, you know, 25, 25 grand a month, 30 grand a month in marketing, you know, pre, pre COVID we were doing mm -hmm. that. And then we're all about 
cutting the fat, right? Tracking our KPIs. Hey, if direct mail is not working, let's move to um, cold calling, etc. I love cold calling so much. I built my own call center in the Philippines. So we we cold call for other investors also. Um, and about 70% of those investors are in my market in Houston. So that that wow. speaks on my character, right? They trust me with their leads. They know we're not going to take their leads. It's about respect. It's about having um, a certain level of professionalism, right? And we cold call for investors all over the, the country. Um, and it's fun. We, we love it. Um, and I tell people all the time is when you're getting started in real estate, um, cold calling is definitely one. Um, and then okay. texting. And then the most important, if you don't have any income generating right now, driving for dollars. Driving for dollars is one of the best ways you can generate leads almost instantly, especially now with the apps that come out. I know PropStream has an app now for driving yep, for dollars yep. uh, and we we love it. So, yeah, I just yeah. I, we just did a webinar with PropStream as far as their platform man, and I've been telling, you know, a lot of the people that I work with, go try it out. Seven day free trial. See if it's something that you like. But I mean, the, the platform is just is just awesome. PropString is the industry's number one tool for locating distressed properties and connecting with highly motivated sellers with 100% coverage across the U.S. PropString provides a deep dive into any property specific details, making it easy to generate lists of distressed properties and contact to the owners. No other product or service can compare. Gain access to MLS property details like expired listings. You can pull accurate comps, even sale prices in non-disclosure states. This information is typically reserved for licensed real estate professionals, but is also available to you in PropStream. Gain access to unlimited nationwide property search, comparable home sales, targeted marketing lists, and owner contact lookup, built-in marketing tools, hundreds of filters to search and sort leads. Start your free seven-day trial now by going to proud.propstreampro.com slash we love it. So you're doing cold calling, text messaging, and you believe that cold calling is your best ROI right now. I can almost guarantee your cold calling will be your best ROI unless you own a direct mail company because your okay. cost is super high. You're, yeah. you're, when you're doing, imagine when you're doing 30,000 mailers a month, 30 to 40,000 mailers, it gets up there. And then any marketing that you do, I would like to tell your viewers, consistency is key. We used to tell people pre-COVID, hey, run a marketing for 30 days. I'm sorry, for, for 90 days, three mm -hmm. months, 90 days. Now, yep. due to COVID, I always tell people six months. If you pick RVM, if you pick cold calling, if you pick direct mail or bandit signs, you need to be at least consistent for the next six months. OK, uh, in order for it to give you the proper uh, numbers yep. that you're looking for. And what a lot of people do is they they do it for a week. Oh, it doesn't work. Or they do it for, you know, they do it for uh, two months. Oh, it doesn't work for me. I don't I don't like it. It doesn't you know, right. I didn't get my money back or um, I didn't get any phone calls. Right. I tell people this all the time. All marketing channels work. The question is, do you work? That's right. That's right. You know, because. Like you said, consistency is key. They'll start with direct mail 
and say, okay, why well, didn't get no calls? Now I'm going to go to text messaging. Okay. I was getting some, some responses on the text messaging, but the people wasn't really interested. So now I'm going to try cold calling. And then you're just bouncing around from marketing channel to marketing channel, wasting money actually, you know, so guys listen to Ron's what Ron said. You have to be consistent. Make sure you have that budget outlined for a minimum of six months. So you need to have six months of money of cash to pay for your your campaign if it's text messaging cold calling direct mail whatever it is you gotta have that consistency in order to get a deal because i remember when i started it took me like eight nine months in order to get that first deal but i was consistently putting that marketing out you know consistently doing it and then it finally popped for me and it's been going you know ever since so Tell us about Ron. Um, you're doing the cold calling. You have the, the cold calling center there. Um, give us some background. How did that get started? And um, what do you offer for those people that are looking to get started with cold calling? Yeah. So um, you, you talked about, you know, keeping it lean and what my operation um, kind of looks like. You know, COVID-19 has been such a it's been really a blessing for a lot of people. Um, I'll be honest with you, Marcus. Um, COVID-19 has probably been one of the best things that's happened to us um, because it taught a lot of the guys on top a lot of humility, right? Um, it teaches you, hey, uh, you know, what am I going to do now? Those guys who were saying I'm doing 80 deals a month, right? Or I'm doing yep. 60 deals a month. Where are they now? Some of them have operations that have been like like shut down, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's because they don't, they don't learn to pivot and adapt, yep. okay? What I did was during COVID-19, right? My COO was like, Ron, listen, man, the market's going to go down. We all thought it, right? For the, like, yep. for the first two weeks, like, holy shit, like, we're, we're gone. Like, this is done. This is like 2008. Let's pack up, right? Yep. Get the U-Hauls, um, come out of the office, pack everything up, right? Send everyone home. I'm so, like, I'm so glad, like, this, this, this thing happened. It couldn't be the best. It could literally could not be the best thing ever because um here's what happened we have a team in the philippines that are our virtual our virtual assistants like my employees okay what i did was when COVID hit about uh probably about a month after COVID hit right i have them all on on salary they're still getting paid they're doing what they're doing right because i treat my vas like family uh, my VAs have been with me for almost, I know, uh, Francis, who's my VA manager. She oversees 10 of our, uh, VAs. She's been with me for almost, uh, over a year and a half now. Uh, it's, it's almost two years and that's huge. Um, you know, having a VA with you that long, yeah. um, uh, pretty awesome, man. Um, I know of your level of commitment to that VA and their level of commitment to want to work with you that long. Right. And it's about having a family, uh, family together. So uh, I have about we have currently have about 10 clients. We have 10 VAs um, and, and those VAs were, were working for me when we were cold calling. Right. So we're they're cold calling there. Remember, we went from um, cold calling for me and then I basically pivoted and I put those VAs now instead of firing them. I said, you know what, guys, let's build a call center. How yep. badass would that be? Let's keep your jobs. I don't want to. I'm not going to sit here and fire anybody. I'm not a fan of doing that. I, I'm not going to do that because in my gut feeling, 
I was, I knew I was providing somebody to send their kids to private school. I knew I was providing somebody to put food on the plate because you have to, you have to understand these people in the Philippines, they don't have what we have here in the States. Right. We have it so so great here in this country and a lot of people will say oh this is the worst country this is that blah 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 blah. you can talk all you <laughs> yeah. want Go you can somewhere talk else. about politics all you want listen when you have a country where you can literally do anything you want i can go to uh, a fast food restaurant or i can go to a uh a, 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 a diner restaurant or you know like a luxury type if i want to go get filet mignon i can do that in the Philippines, they can't do that. They don't have the luxury to, to do that, right? Buying a motorcycle in the Philippines only costs $2,000, US dollars, 2,000 US dollars, right? It's crazy, like 2,000 for us is yeah. it's like nothing, right? Yeah. If you look at it, but for them, it's a mode of transportation. So we have it so good. All we did was we pivoted and adapted. I took my virtual assistance from Investopia Online. We moved it over to um, to Call Virtuals, right? We still have our VAs calling for our company, um, okay? And then we separated and we just grew from there. Um, and I have trained all of now my VAs who've been with me uh, for have all my VAs have been with me for over a year. Francis is the only one that's been with me almost two years. So okay. um, yeah, so all of my VAs they've been vetted. And they've been trained like a car sales guy because I used to train car sales guys. So I've trained them how to talk on the phone, how to, you know, the, the different dialects. We train people on dialects, right? We train people on. So whenever we do an interview, for example, the reason a lot of people ask me, why don't you use VAs in India um, is because not not that I don't prefer it. It's just I mean, it just doesn't work out for me. Right. Gotcha. So basically when I'm. When I'm doing an interview and a, and a VA says, you know, we, we tell them to spell cookie, right? And, and the VA says C-double-O-K-I-E. And if they say double O, that's not how we talk here in the U.S. Right, right. Like, I want to hear the C-O-O-K-I-E. Mm -hmm. So those little tricks and tips might help someone out listening to this podcast. If they want to train, if they want to interview a, a VA, you might want to look out for stuff like that. Because I've had VAs who work for, you know, Microsoft. They work for um, a betting company. They work for Delta Airlines. I've got one of my top VA used to work for Delta Airlines. She is an absolutely beast. Um, and uh, I love her again. She has an, she has an accent, but her accent is a UK accent, um, which okay. she has adapted. So that's one thing that I love about, uh, uh, you know, about her. And, uh, it's about building rapport at the end of the day, you got to build rapport with sellers. And that's what I've taught my VAs to build rapport with sellers because people do business with people that like and trust. Um, and then we, we pass the lead off. To the investor, we do the little, you know, the quarterback thing. Okay. And we, we have people having phenomenal success with call virtuals. Um, that's the name of the company, callvirtuals.com. Uh, we have investors who have come in about, uh, we started the company probably about uh, four months ago. Within the first month, we have clients locking in $30,000 Simon fee deals, uh, $20,000 deals, $60,000 deals. It's crazy. So, so, again, so let me ask you this, Ron. How how deep and in depth do you have your VAs to go um, when they're on the phone with a seller? Are they just getting the naturally they're building report and then they're getting the preliminary information about the property and then they're passing it off to the investor? Kind of walk us through that scenario briefly without going too far deep in depth. 
No, sure. Uh, I'm an open book. Ask me. Uh, I can go in depth as much as you like. No worries. So we do have a script. We have a so basically we have a pre-qualifying script. Okay, pre-qualify the seller. Mm -hmm. Then we have our qualifying questions. Okay, and then we also set up the the next phone call for the investor. Right. So it goes something like this. Okay, thank you, Mr. Seller. We've got all the information that we needed. Now to reiterate, it is a three bedroom, two bathroom. 1500 square foot, 5,000 lot. You said the foundation needs repair uh, and you are looking for X amount of dollars. Great. Let me speak to my partner. Okay. Remember, set a higher authority. Yep. Even though the VAs are VAs, it's a partner because the seller doesn't know who, mm -hmm. who it is. Right. Let me speak to my partner and my partner will actually um, call you back and get back to you in regards to this. So we kind of set it up for the uh, investor to go in and pick up the conversation from there. And there's a script. There's questions that we ask um, the sellers. Uh, so that way the uh, our client doesn't have to go back and ask those uh, questions. Now, if they want to reiterate the question and, and confirm it, they can. But uh, But yeah, we've had clients have given us feedback and said, man, you guys got all the information that, that we were going to ask. So it was easier for us to just say, hey, okay, we're great. We're good on a number here. Would you, you know, they'll go into their negotiation right, tactics. Right. Um, we'll send you a contract. And, and so we, we complete probably about 80% of the, the conversation for the investor. All they're doing is they're just okay. going in and negotiating a number. That's it. Wow. That's perfect. That's good. That's good. So we talked about the call center. We talked about some marketing. Um, we talked about your first deal. Now let's talk about these higher level deals, man, that you're doing, like the $2.6 million uh, apartment complex and stuff like that. How did you find that deal? And what gave you the gall to say, we're going to go in, we're going to negotiate this thing and wholesale it. We're just that bad. We're going to do it. Awesome. <laughs> so that <laughs> uh, really is it's a leap of faith. That's when it comes down to it, you gotta have a leap of, you gotta take a leap of faith because when I first started wholesaling Marcus, I didn't know if I was going to be successful or not. I didn't, there was no guarantee. Yep. There's no guarantee. Right. And to be honest, I wanted to look into multifamily, right? I didn't have the $60,000 to invest for a, actually, no, um, that's for single family for multifamily. Yeah. People actually charge a hundred grand. I've uh, I have I've seen people who charge a hundred thousand dollars to mentor on uh, what to find out what NOI cap rate is and mm -hmm. and you know how to do all of that. I didn't have the money, so guess what I did, Marcus? I jumped right in. I said, "Let's do a deal. I'm gonna learn as I go. How do I yep. do this?" <laughs> yep, that's it. So that's it. That's all I did. I just said oh, multifamily deal. Okay, cool. How we got the deal was a referral. Okay. Um, the seller was actually uh, selling another property. Uh, a previous seller was selling a property. Uh, he was a an apartment seller. He we didn't work out a deal with him. He had a buddy who was um, selling his property. He referred us to him, and we ended up doing that deal, not the first deal. Again, building relationships with yep. people. This is what it's about. We we sent we, we did so much on that deal. I remember that every time we went out to go show that property to our potential sellers, again partners, I would always take a Starbucks gift card for the manager for the property mm -hmm. manager. Speaks volumes. Twenty five dollar gift card. Yep. Come on, man. Ridiculous. It's such a small amount, a minuscule amount when you're doing a you know over seven figure deal, 
right? So just to make her comfortable. And she was so accommodating every time I'd call her, hey, Mr. Ron, oh, you're coming by today again? Okay, cool. No worries. Come yeah. on in. I got you and, and blah, blah, blah. So we got that as a as a referral, which was pretty, pretty awesome. Um, so, so Ron, that's then, real quick, guys, that's something key, even with your single families, because when you're bringing your partners through, it's a disruption, you know, especially if somebody is living there or even if it's not, you know, somebody have to take their time out of the day to come over, let you and your partners in to walk the property. And that's something that we do. We always bring a small little token of our appreciation, you know, hey, thank you for taking this time out. Although it's just, you know, half an hour an hour. Thank you for coming, meeting us here so we can get through the property. So guys, remember that if it's $5, $10, $25 gift card, something like that. You know, we, what we did was wherever the uh, location of the property was, if there was a big box store, let's say a Walmart target, like you said, a Starbucks or something like that, we'll bring that to the, to the seller or to the person that's opening up the property for it. So that's right on man, $25 gift card. And that lets them know, Hey, you're not only about you. You're not just thinking about yourself and you getting your people in there, but you're thinking about me also. Okay, go ahead, Ron. Who doesn't love Starbucks? I mean, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fan of spending $5 a cup, but a lot of people, again, right? A lot of people love uh, Starbucks. So, and, and I'm going to tell you a funny story. That property was in Beaumont, Texas. Beaumont, Texas is over two, it's over two hours outside of Houston. Okay, so it what yeah. that deal was not in Houston. So every time I took a buyer, I would pray to God that this deal would work because guess what? I'm driving four hours, two to yeah. go, two to come back, right? So I knew for a fact. So um, I took actually uh, two buyers to that deal. The first buyer was a um, a group out of New York, um, which that deal did not work out with them. Uh, the numbers weren't working out with them. Um, the second buyer was a local buyer here in in h-town in houston so what we did was um that day it was such a funny story because my wife wasn't feeling well so hey this is the beautiful part about this business i can do what i want so i mm -hmm. took my kid i took my four-year-old with me to show the apartment complex right i guess some of his good juju rubbed off on the deal because yeah. the deal closed that buyer bought that deal right Sweet. so we've got, we've got my kid in the back seat We've got the two buyers, one in the front with me, one in the rear, and I'm driving them to Beaumont, which is two and a half hours, two, a little over two and a half hours away. Um, and we're just having fun building, you know, relationship. At that point, I had already built a relationship with that buyer because we had um, we've done small single family deals and I knew he was a big multifamily head. Right. But mm -hmm. um, I didn't know he owned 7000 plus doors, though. He didn't wow. tell me that because the guy's a very humble guy. Um, he just told me, hey, I'm, I'm I buy I buy multifamily. When someone says I buy multifamily, like you said, OK, cool. Like, I, that's awesome. Right. But they don't tell you an extent like I own, you know, right. 100 million dollars. <laughs> like, he, he left that part out like, hey, I own 7000 doors. So he knew what he was doing. Um, you know, he was a part of many multifamily associations. So, and, and he was on the board. So he was a big, sh he didn't tell me all this until we closed the deal. He didn't flex on me till we closed the deal. Like I didn't, Not again, <laughs> right. And that, that tells you a lot about the character of the individual. So long story short, when we were coming back into Houston, you know, those big semi trucks, you, you always like, you think of that final destination movie. Every time you're behind these semi trucks, yeah. <laughs> I hate it, man. Right. We're behind a semi truck and a rock, literally a rock boulder falls off the truck onto the road and I didn't see the rock come. It happened so fast. 
I went over the rock and my front tire got flat and we're literally oh. on the freeway. I've got the buyer with me, two buyers with me, and then I have my son with me. Okay. Luckily enough, oh my God, first of all, glory to God saved us. Yeah, that was, yeah, it, definitely. Like, we, we went over a pretty big like rock, rock. It, it was big enough to flatten my my front um tire. Right. So I was I, I had came off to the exit and I was probably uh, less than 100 miles away from Houston. I know that because AAA only uh, tows you up to 100 miles. I knew that for a fact. Uh -huh. So I called AAA. OK. We got towed. But before then, I called an Uber for the buyer. Right. Check this out. I didn't want him to wait two hours for AAA yep, to come because yep. they were going to take an hour and 30 minutes, uh, 45 minutes to come. I called him an Uber. He got an Uber, left back to Houston. We waited for the tow truck, right? My son and I, and we, as soon as the tow truck came, took them about an hour and 45 minutes. Um, and we, we left back to, to Houston. But that's an insane story. Um, just to tell you, like, it blows my mind every time I think about that story. And I haven't told anyone that story until today on your podcast. Um, All right. I, so we I got the it. exclusive. We got the now, exclusive. That's what happened <laughs> on that deal. But check this out. Me having AAA, okay, uh, and, and Ubering the the buyer back to Houston, it cost me a hundred bucks for the Uber because we were, we were probably yeah. about nine. We were just on the tip, like 97 miles away or something like that. So you know how Uber is, right? And then I tipped the guy 20 bucks and stuff like that. But we made over six figures on that deal. What is a Starbucks gift card? Yep. What is Uber? What is AAA compared to making that amount of money? Yeah. Right. But I did that because I believed in the deal. Right. I believed in myself. I believed in the buyer. I believed in the transaction. And I took that leap of faith. And sometimes you need that leap of faith in order to do that. Now, I'm not saying buy Starbucks for every deal, every seller that you do. But if you guys are making a hefty assignment fee, 20 bucks is nothing. And the good news is, Marcus, I wrote that off on my taxes. There Come you on, go. Man. There you go. So it's <laughs> nothing out of your pocket. <laughs> check, check, check. <laughs> yep, yep. But you know what, Ron? The key thing that you said, man, was you believed in yourself. You believed in the deal. And you said, and this is what most people have to understand. It's like, no matter what, I'm going to make this work. You know, so if I have to drive, you know, four hours, you know, to make this deal work, I just got to roll up my sleeves and I got to do what I have to do. And that's one of the things that you did, you know, so man, congratulations on you, you know, Thank closing you, that, that six here's figure the, deal. There's the HUD right there. There you go. HUD's <laughs> up. HUD's <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, we got, we, we got the HUD's total finance was, here we go. $2.8 million. I'm cutting yep. myself short. That was a $2.8 million. You see that right there? There we I go. I see it. I see it. So, yeah. man, what is next, then, Ron? I mean, you, you you have the call center. You're doing, you know, multifamily, six-figure, seven-figure multifamily deals. You know, you're doing all of the stuff in Houston. What's next? I know you said that you were in other markets. What were some of the other markets that you're, uh, that you're in? Yes. So, we are in, uh, we are in another market in Texas. Uh, Florida, okay. uh, and then Georgia also. Gotcha. Gotcha. So how did you go from Houston to these other markets? How did that transition look like? So whenever we're doing deals in Houston, we do it virtually also. 
it sounds weird, but we don't look at the property before we go out and, and make an offer um, on the property because we have such a good enough idea. Uh, we, we are even doing deals virtually. So we've built a, we basically have a CRM that's integrated. It sends out, everything is, is tracked, right? So it's, it's all the systems, the tools, all the processes. Um, we submit the information into our CRM. Uh, it sends out the seller, the contract seller signs it goes to title company automatically and then we get a copy of the of the contract also title company has earnest money already they've got checkbooks there so they line them up right and we don't pay more than ten dollars per property i don't ever buy a, a deal that's um and and we buy deals for ten dollars all day all wow. day um okay. yeah so a lot of people a lot of people say so when hey you say so, ten dollars that's that's your earnest money deposit yes ten dollar earnest okay money. yeah okay yeah all right. So sometimes sellers have issues with that, but we know how to overcome those, right? If we have a thousand dollars, sometimes seller want, right? We all have a seller that wants three, three grand, right? Right. Two right. grand or or thousand dollars, right? There's so many things you can negotiate um, in a deal. It's not always the price. It, it, it could be the it could be the um, the the closing cost, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it could be the uh, just there's, there's so much stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I'm going blank right now. So, but you, the price is not the only thing that you can negotiate. You can negotiate the terms on a deal, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. we help movers, uh, sorry, we help sellers move out of the property with a truck. So we, we negotiate those terms also. Uh, we also negotiate option periods. There's yeah. so much stuff you can negotiate on a deal. It's not always the price. And remember, this is about bringing value to the to the seller at the end of the day we always create we always want to create a win-win-win situation because we are dealing with motivated sellers there you go there you go so tell me ron what's next what are you guys looking into next man we're going to start wrapping up here but i want to know where are you going next where are you headed so our next phase um, in, in my career is going to be the we've just launched uh, into the education business of this, uh, the education sphere. Right. The reason why I did that, Marcus, is is really not. Yes, the money is great in education. Don't get me wrong. Like, that's cool and all. But I have noticed since we started the education platform uh, a couple of months back, you know, it's, it's about impacting people's lives. And the problem is there's so much uh, online. YouTube, Instagram, shiny object syndrome. Look at my Lambo. Look at my yeah. private jet that I just rented for the for the hour, right? And this, a lot of people get attracted to that type of stuff, right? And don't get me wrong. At one time, I was also attracted to that. Like th that's mm -hmm. the lifestyle and, and stuff like that, right? But this is truly about impacting people's lives. Um, I, we have many students who are coming in, absolutely crushing it. Um, many of our students are realtors also. Realtors think they know it all, but yep. when they get into wholesaling, they don't, I mean, it's, it's just their really mind different. is blown, right? It's it's a whole different ballpark. Um, I have people who haven't done deals who come out and they're doing $15,000 their first deal, right? Uh, one of my students is making over 30 grand on their first deal. Um, and, you know, we're, we're out there, we're teaching people how to do this business the right way. The problem is, right? The problem is you got to have the correct knowledge in order to execute, right? There's, you don't know what you don't know. And that's the biggest thing that I've, uh, I've learned, especially dealing with, with wholesalers, because wholesalers will, will send us deals uh, to Dispo. We run one of the largest disposition outlets in Houston. Uh, and that's how I was able to build my business is reverse engineer my business. I went out and I looked for the buyers first, and then I went out and looked for the deals.
right? Gotcha. So I reverse gotcha. engineered, okay. I reverse engineered my goals and and I reverse engineered my business. So we we are you know we're super successful in in dispoing deals for other wholesalers, uh, and that's one thing that I noticed when I sat down with these wholesalers is like, hey Ron, man, I just joined a mastermind. I spent twenty grand. What do I do next? I'm like, wait, what? Why you right. weren't they supposed to ask? Weren't they supposed to answer that question for you? Like, why are you asking me? Like, I don't. Yes, I'm gonna help you out. So for years, Marcus, until this time, till this day, right now, we give a lot of information out for absolutely for free. If somebody messages me saying, "Hey, Ron, uh, I've got a question about this," I won't say, "Hey, go join my program," and then I'll answer right, your question. Right. No. Because that's what I was getting when I first started, mm -hmm. right? And I wanted to bring something different to people. And we've had such phenomenal success. A lot of our um, clients are building seven-figure businesses. Uh, we're helping them build seven-figure businesses, right? Uh, I'm showing people how to actually build an entire operation from the CEO to the COO to the general manager to the uh, acquisitions, junior acquisitions to the TC you got to know how to build yeah. an actual, we help people build companies at the end of the day, the deals are going to come, but this is about leaving a legacy for, for people. And that's what it's all about for me. I mean, I can go out there and, and, and get the Lambos and flex on Instagram and do all this, man. But no, my goal was to buy my family a house. My goal mm -hmm. is to put food on the table, right? My goal is to build a legacy for my kids and for my, for my family. That's all I care about. That's my that's Lambo it. right there. That's it. That's it. That's what's most important is that family legacy and leaving it for your next generation and a generation after that and a generation after that. You got to so break on. the generational curse, man. A lot of people have a generational curse, right? Um, it's it's crazy because we we are taught as children, as generations, we, some people are taught to be broke, right? Yep. And that's that broke is a mentality. Again, broke is a mentality. And, and that's one thing that I, you know, yes, I don't want to raise uh, entitled brats. That's not what we're doing, right? We're going to teach them the value of, of a dollar. But at the end of the day, like, I don't, that's not the, you know, I don't want my kids to have to worry about, man, do I need to get a job to pay for college, right? No, we've got the IRA set up. We've got their uh, student, you know, account set up uh, with mm -hmm. a Quest Trust company. So we we have things again. We're I'm doing what the wealthy are doing. Yep. The wealthy leave back legacies, right? Uh, wholesaling, you know, wholesaling will make you rich. You're gonna make a lot of money in wholesaling, right? But your character comes out with what you do with that money, right? That's because nice. it's such a cash intensive business. You can spend that money, and then you got to go out and look for the for the next deal. So you gotta, you know, this. The reason why people get into real estate is to build wealth, and, and that's that's what we're doing. So we we uh, we have our rental portfolio. We have you know great success with that. Um, now I'm looking. I've, I've been asking questions on um, Section Eight, so I might want to do a little Section Eight. I don't know, you know, okay. but I don't know. You know, the government can't trust them. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. But right. hey, it is what it is. <laughs> So, Ron, we are going to put you on a hot seat, man. We're going to put Ron on a hot seat, on a hot seat right now. Uh, Ron, starting over, what would you do differently? Okay, starting over, what I would do differently is – I. that's a good question. Damn, that is a hot seat question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, starting over, what I would do differently is I, I would say, you know, grow more because when I got into this industry, um, I was kind of like a lot of people say, man, I know what to do. I don't need help. Uh, seek help. 
There's a lot yeah. of people who are out there who are willing to help you uh, grow uh, without, you know, without anything in return. Yeah. Um, and like I said, you know, I, I'm, I'm one of those type of people. So if you guys have any questions, reach out with questions. You can you don't know what you don't know at That's the end true. of the day. That's true. Uh, what is your greatest commodity outside of capital? Uh, family. Okay. You can't, you can't put a price on family, man. That's, you know, the, the legacy. And I'm, I'm sure that, uh, what drives your ambition? It's your family and the legacy also. Hell no. It's my, it's my H1 Hummer that's parked outside. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking to, I'm, I'm actually, I'm getting my private pilot's license now. Um, and I, I look to buy my own plane in about a year or so. So I want to okay. buy a four passenger, uh, little private plane. So goals, man, my neighbor bought a Cessna. I'm trying to keep up with the Joneses. All right. There you go. There you go. <laughs> what drives, uh, what's your biggest and greatest challenge if it's internal or external? Um, the, the biggest challenge I think is myself, you know, at the end of the day, your worst enemy is the man in the mirror. Because you can, you, you'll be able to, you know, you can motivate yourself and you can demotivate yourself quickly. Entrepreneurship is a very lonely road, right? You yeah. just, you got to find the right people to connect with. So that way that road, that road gets less lonelier. Um, and I think that's what it is. My biggest enemy is myself uh, because uh, what goes on in my head um, nobody knows mm -hmm. about, and this is a deadly weapon. You guys have to understand this is a tool and a weapon at the same time. And you have to condition your mind in order to, to be successful in this business, because uh, I mean, it is a lonely road at the end of the day. And that's probably the realest thing you will hear on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely between the ears, guys. You got to stay positive. You got to stay motivated. Got to tell yourself the right things because your mind is conditioned to always think the negative. So you got to, got to switch that thinking. Um, Ron, what's the latest, uh, real estate book that you've read that you would recommend someone? Uh, the latest real estate book that I've read, it wasn't really real estate, but let me see here. I actually enjoy this book here what you got high performance habits brandon bouchard all right. all right that's a great book that's a okay. that's definitely a that's definitely a great book right there uh of course this when now when i first started out the book that i really really read was this book right here um millionaire success habits by dean graziosi okay I, I had an opportunity to be a part of dean graziosi's mastermind um, so he runs a pretty big mastermind out in Arizona. So it was pretty mm -hmm. cool. He signed my book. He signed my book right there. So he was, okay. he was pretty, pretty cool guy. Yeah. So um, I was a part of Dean's mastermind, uh, a wonderful human being. I mean, they practice what they preach. And I think he's doing a lot of stuff with Tony Robbins. Yep. Uh, you know, and this business is all about self-development. You asked me what I would do different. I would work on myself for sure. Yeah. Um, yep. Because I had to learn that the hard way. Um, we as humans think we know it all. We don't. We, we don't know it all. Um, and, and at the end of the day is building yourself and building that character be prepared to for be prepared for the good to come, right? The law of attraction. I'm big on that. Um, and I studied the law of attraction when I was quite young, I got introduced to network marketing when I was a young cat. Um, and I didn't, I didn't do network marketing. I did it for a little bit of time, but the, the teachings that I got from that industry 
was like you know the the secret that's mm-hmm. when the secret had come out yeah. and how the how the wealthy think and blah 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 so that's what i took away from that i did well in network marketing i became a director i started recruiting people again i was young ambitious i was looking for the next best thing i, yeah. I had many failures i already had many failures before i started wholesaling wholesaling is not my first business there you go guys so ron um, I know there's tons of ways to get in contact with you, man. I want to make sure our listeners have an opportunity to get in contact with you, man. How can we find you? How can we uh, reach out to you via web or however it may be? Yes. So um, I am on uh, Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Uh, we're, we're all over on social media. So my uh, YouTube, my handle is the same all across. It's going to be uh, at ron rana one so r-o-n-r-a-n-a one okay my email is info at investopiaonline.com so that's info at investopiaonline.com that's my personal email go comes to me so if you guys have any questions um shoot them out to me um shoot me a message on uh social media I, I love to interact with people. Like I said, man, this is this is about building people up and uh, and 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 helping people, helping the next person up. That's that's what your true success is. There you go, guys. You hear it from a very successful real estate investor, wholesaler, uh, apartment flipper, and many more. So reach out to Ron. That's Ron Rana One um, across all platforms, guys. Ron, I want to thank you, man. You gave quite a bit of information, good information. Um, I appreciate you coming on, taking your time, you know, to really speak with us and speak to the We Love Equity listeners. So in parting, man, what is one thing that you can tell somebody that's kind of on the fence, that don't know if they want to do it? What would you give them um, in parting? Last words. Last words. And remember this, fail forward, fail fast. All right, guys, there you go. Fail forward, fail fast. And remember, for me, always to enjoy the journey. Absolutely, absolutely. And and adding to that quote, as far as the journey goes, a lot of people don't realize it's the journey that counts. They think about the end result, but people forget it's what happens in the journey that defines you. So remember that. Enjoy, Enjoy your journey is very important. You have to recognize the journey. All right, guys. Okay. We will see you on our next We Love Equity Real Estate show. Thank you so much for having me, brother. Ron Rana signing out. Thank you, Ron. Thank you for listening to today's show. I picked up some great actionable items and I'm sure you did as well. If so, let me know. You can always reach me via social media at facebook.com slash MRCS Maloney, Twitter at MRCS Maloney, And of course, IG at MRCS Maloney. You can also always reach me via email at mmaloney at equityri.com. Make sure you reach out to our guest as well. You can always find their contact information in the show notes below. If you have not subscribed already, what are you waiting for? Join the family. And while you're at it, leave us a five-star review. This is how we tell if we're providing you with what you need for your journey. If there's someone you would like for me to interview, or if there's a subject matter you would like for me to cover, please let me know. Finally, if you're looking for additional information about real estate investing, go to equityrealestateblog.com. Also, 
youtube.com slash Marcus Maloney. Until next time, family, always enjoy the journey.